As much as Jesus loves his disciples, it's not often that he praises them in the Gospels. So when he says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, why is he telling them this? It's because, as we heard last week, Jesus just gave his disciples something very difficult. He gave them the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What Jesus has shown them is the height of holiness. And so it can be very daunting to say, these are the dispositions of my heart. And so this is a way in which Jesus keeps his disciples on board. And so I just kind of want to investigate in this homily, what does this salt of the earth, light of the world mean for us who receive these words as an American disciple? I had a very interesting conversation this morning with someone that I was in seminary with. He was in the Carmelites for a while and then left. And I asked him, how do you interpret St. John of the Cross? For those who don't know, St. John of the Cross is one of the great spiritual theologians of the church. And he writes incredibly systematically and so encompasses kind of the whole of like the Christian vision lived spiritually. But the thing is, as beautiful as his teaching is, it's incredibly difficult, just like the Beatitudes. As beautiful as the Beatitudes are, it's incredibly difficult. So I guess I'm like, how do we interpret this for us who are maybe secular priests or lay people? Like, how is it supposed to be lived? And he brought up a very interesting point. That for us, law is interpreted as, I must do this. So Anglo-Saxon law, how an American receives the law is that I must do this obligation at the minimum. While European law is much more, like Italian law, it's much more this is the ideal, this is to strive for. It does not mean that I have you know, violated anything if I have not fulfilled this ideal. And so Jesus telling his disciples, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, is key, not saying you will be the salt of the earth and you will be the light of the world. No, you already are, even though you have not yet fulfilled this difficult teaching of living out the dispositions of my heart. So let me start with the salt of the earth. It's interesting. Salt is pretty worthless unless it's put on something. No one just eats salt unless, you know, I don't know, unless you don't want to be friends with people. No one just eats salt, you know, like it's just not a normal thing. Salt goes on something else. And the fact that Jesus says this right after he gives the whole Christian vision, because once we're commissioned by Christ, we can often wonder, well, what is it that Jesus wants me to go and do? What is the unique thing that Jesus wants me to go and do? He's saying that you are the salt of the earth. In other words, take all the things of the earth. But without you, they 
lose their preservation, they lose their life, because we know that salt preserves things, and they lose their flavor. And so, yes, live ordinarily in the world, but give the world its life back. Give the world its flavor back. That is the way in which you will be a Christian disciple, giving the world back its life and its flavor. But then, we know that the salt of the earth cannot exist from the light of the world. In other words, we know that these disciples are salt just because they are loved by Jesus Christ, because they are pleasing to the Father. But we also know we can live Christianity in such a way where, okay, I know that I'm loved by God, so I can just go be happy-go-lucky and do whatever I please. But then we might keep others in darkness. While on the other side, we can live Christianity in a way where, yeah, we have all of the answers. And our vision is very well lit of how am I supposed to live my life. But because of that, we live kind of like dead people. We live very sad and oppressed. But the light and the salt have to go together. That because I am loved by Christ and belong to him, I now am able to flavor and give life to the things of the world while at the same time give light and direction to others. And so that light of the world, what does that mean for us who live this way? We live, as American disciples, a very individualistic lifestyle. I've talked about this time and time again. But the thing about this light is that if it's not giving light to others, then it doesn't exist. You notice that Jesus says, what good is light if it doesn't light up the different parts of the house? In other words, if I am not giving light to others, the light doesn't exist. A light can't light up a room if a light must light up a room if it's a light. If it doesn't light up a room, guess what? The light is extinguished. It's the same, and this is why we hear in that first reading this idea of the just man who loves the oppressed and the widow and the orphan. His light will shine forth. What Isaiah is saying is, if I don't love the most difficult person in the room to love, then guess what? My light has extinguished. It is not shining forth. But if I am able to, then my light can shine forth and break forth as, as the noonday because this is how the Lord loves. That be perfect, as we hear at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. For he lets his reign on the just and the unjust, and his sunshine on the just and on the unjust. And so, more concretely, how is this saltiness and this light lived out for the disciple? With two virtues of justice, because we know that the psalm and the response and the and the first reading I've talked about the virtue of justice. First, this virtue of affability. It is a virtue, which just means that I am friendly to those who are not my friends. That is a real virtue. That's not just like a, you know, this will make us a nice business person or something like that. But if I can be friendly to those who are not my friends, then that's like a, 
it's a virtue that's a social lubricant, right? It brings the salt back. It brings the flavor back in all of our relationships. It makes us, we become that person that like that people see Christ in. If we're able just to, as uh, Bishop Gerald used to say whenever we were seminarians, to have the special charism of normalcy. If I can just be kind enough, then perhaps I can win others to Christ. The second thing with light, what is the virtue of justice that has to do with this living of light? And we know it's called veracity. It's this virtue where I show I am what I am. The dispositions of my heart, the thoughts of my mind, are what people see. I don't have any duplicity. I'm not two-faced. That whenever people look at me, they kind of know who I am. I might be easy to read, and that's fine. Because then that means that I'm not eclipsing God. It means that whenever people see me, they know exactly what they get. And hopefully if they see me, they see someone who is good, someone who's authentic, someone whose light shines forth. And so we ask that Jesus, who calls us the salt of the earth and the light of the world, presently, today, as we are right now, because he presently today loves us as we are right now, can flavor the world enough and bring enough light to the world to where there can begin a little bit of salvation that he wants to bring us.